This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're back in West London. Familiar haunt to all of us. Every Saturday we come here, it's like a pilgrimage. And we thought, seeing there's been no football for two weeks, we thought we'd come here a little bit early, check the place out. We was getting the shakes. We hadn't been to the Globe for at least two weeks. And we thought, let's come down to the Globe in Brentford. As lots of you know it. Uh, very good pub, wicked pub. Um, manager's great. All the staff are great. Everything about it is great. We love this place. In the summer, nice little garden. I think it's probably going to be a little bit lively on Saturday as well because the Borough fans, uh, um, they do know this pub and they do come down. There's various other pubs you can go to as well in Brentford. Plenty, plenty of other jobs. If you, uh, plenty of other pubs. If you check besotted.com, you'll see a whole list of pubs. There's probably about 15 or so pubs to come to. So you don't have to come to just one pub. Just spread yourselves around and enjoy yourselves and leave the three points at home. But anyway, I'm Billy Grant and uh, I'm feeling rejuvenated. I've had a couple of weeks off from Brentford. And I'm excited to Saturday from when Borough come down. Had a bit of international football as well this week, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, it's got a holiday coming in the summer, which I wasn't expecting. Portugal! Book the flights, book the hotel, and I'm absolutely potted for it. But like I say, I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the Globe with the pals. Savvy B, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I've moved away from the depression of QPR, and uh, sort of moving into the, the joy of the Christmas spirit, so... I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the up, definitely on the up. Yeah, so you've got your list. I mean, there's all Christmas decorations already here in, in the boozer as well. There's elves in the window and there's a holly and there's mistletoe. There's some people kissing underneath it already as well. They're getting right in the vibe. Um, anything on your list that you've got? Any sort of Brentford uh, Christmas jumpers or anything? Uh, no, no Brentford Christmas jumpers, but I do. I'm really sort of looking at the, the fairy lights and thinking, oh, they're very nice. And uh, there's, there's a really nice sort of row of fairy lights in the other room. So while no one's looking, I might go and then, go and pinch them for the Christmas tree. All oh, right, OK. So, if Paul, from the Globe, if your fairy lights are gone, you know exactly who has stolen them. His name's Sammy the Bee, and he's just up the road. Mr Lane. David Lane, how are you doing? Well, good. I'm, I'm not particularly happy about the Christmas decorations, to be honest with you. There should be a December the 1st curfew. Um, I think it's a little bit premature. But as they're up, um, it does kind of get you thinking of Christmas. It's only... It's only five weeks away now, isn't it? And uh, the old 
we, we were talking about Christmas lists, etc. Have you um, you've been a good boy this year, Bill? Have you expecting Santa to come? I mean, I'm hoping he's going to come. I'm not not quite sure what he's going going to, going to bring me. I mean, I'm hoping that he might actually kind of uh, put things in hold and bring us something in in April or May. Actually, like bring us maybe a, a bit of a playoff, something like that. I mean, yeah. You're looking looking like for like a voucher that you don't have to spend immediately. It's like a present you get, but you can spend it later on during the year. So like he can bring, Santa can bring us promotion at Christmas, but we haven't got to cash the voucher in until May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about these vouchers, though, you know, the annoying thing about it is, if you notice, they normally only have a 12-month duration. So the fact is that if you don't sort of spend it, um, you know, within 12 months, they actually expire. Um, so that's, you know, in a way, I do want a voucher, but I'm just thinking, what happens if, if you know, if, if, if it can't be spent in the summer? It's, it's just going to be waste, isn't it? Just, get, just pull your finger out, mate, and just get, you know, just put a note in your, in your phone and just cash it in in May. Make sure you do, mate. I'll have, I'll have a chat with Thomas Frank and, and, and the crew and see if they can help us to, to cash in the voucher in May. But anyway, listen, we're going forward and it's been a pretty quiet week, it has to be said. If you look around, you know, not much activity going on in and around Griffin Park. So we just thought we we're going to sit here in the pub, we're going to shoot the breeze, see what's going on in and around the Football League, the Championship, and maybe, and of course we'll look forward to our game on Saturday, which is on the TV, Sky TV, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, against... Middlesbrough after this twang so ironically Saturday Brentford are going to be playing Borough Borough game is on Sky and Sky are big in the news at the moment now because a deal has just been brokered between the EFL the Football League and Sky Television £600 million has been given to the Football League for the next five years to televise games Televise our games if we're still in the well, we're still going to be in the EFL, we presume, the next year or two. So it's going to be televising Brentford games, you know, Leeds United games, you know, um, Derby County games. All these games are going to be televised and 600 million. It's all kicked off big, big, big time. A lot of football clubs are not happy. Not happy with what? We were a bit confused because we weren't understand what they weren't happy with. We heard there was talks of a breakaway and we thought, you know, there's lots of greedy teams out there trying to break away and take the money for themselves. So we thought we'd get our investigative hat on to find out what's the deal with this new television deal for Sky TV and the Football League. The word that we've seen on the street, like I said to you, is 600 million, five years, 219 to 224. For that, they get 138 games, plus on top of that, 13 Caribou Cup matches, plus the Caribou final, plus all the playoffs as well. So 165 games in total. Uh, we've got a lot of games. So this is, I think, it's up on the latest deal. Is that not right? I think, I think it's. Uh, uh, Sorry, yeah, it's uh, 35% more than they than they got last time. 35% more in money. Um, I'm just wondering, is it more games as well? Uh, I think it's. I think it might be a few more games, but also uh, there's there was something about there could be 20 more league games by the end of the deal. So it's kind of a deal that structures up as well. Okay. And interestingly, one of the things that the football league actually emphasised, and there's something because I was actually in a meeting with Sean Harvey and the football league last week, which we talked about a number of things. Um, and I think a lot of these are in the public domain, so it's not as if I'm sort of giving anything away. But he, uh, I talked, we, we talked to him about our. Um, the last time we were in the Globe here, and we did a podcast. We did our Red Button podcast, and I was talking to him to emphasise the fact that us as Brentford fans had decided actually not to go to Preston that night, but decided to actually watch the game on the Red Button in the pub with a load of our mates instead. 
And I said it, it kind of worked in our favour because we spent less money, but also potentially some fans can get out of the practice of actually going to games. Is it a good or a bad thing? And how are the clubs and the, and the football league going to compensate um, maybe the fans, or how are they going to make sure that the game doesn't um, doesn't suffer? because of this and the one thing that he said to us at that meeting and now I think it's in the public domain I think you discussed it in the podcast a couple of weeks ago is that they've taken pubs off the red button so there's no more red button the pubs because they don't want people to be congregating with their mates and watching it they want to be doing it at home and basically getting a size subscription thinking I can actually subscribe to Sky and I can actually um, I can watch a game at home you know as opposed to so, so there's all these arguments so anyway so this is what the scenario is now from what we can gather the unhappiness stems from the fact that I think some of the clubs had seen a draft of the deal before, and like I said, these are the words on the street, and then the final deal that was signed, they thought it seemed a little bit different than the initial draft. From what I can, can gather, the, the money that was promised was slightly less, and I think the games also had increased. So there was a lot of unhappiness because they're thinking, hold on a second, we're getting less money and we're getting sort of, we have to play more games. Um, just going back to the, the situation, I'm going to get, bring the guys in as well. What they said also in that meeting um, with the Football League, they said to him, what this deal is going to be able to encourage the clubs to do is to facilitate getting their own money from streaming. So actually getting 100% of the streaming money, because at the moment now they take a percentage of the streaming money. Don't know how big or small that is. These figures have not been divulged. I did try and probe. Um, but the Harvey was not giving any information away whatsoever, even though you knew knew it. Um, I said to him that I heard that the, um, the, 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 the game between Norwich and Ipswich was the biggest game. Is that correct? He said, yes, it is. I said, oh, I heard the streams were only about 2,000 um, home fans and 500 away fans. I said, that doesn't seem very much to me. He just said to me, um, it's bigger than that. Actually, but he didn't actually emphasise whether or not it was like just 2,200 or whether or not it was 20,000. So anyway, so that's interesting. So they said that the clubs will be able to keep all their own money. So it's up for them to try and promote their own streaming services and get the funds from that. Now, whether or not there is a balance up between the money that you get from the streaming services and the money you're not getting from the TV. And also, you know, where do the fans fit into this? Are we getting anything kind of back from this money that comes in from the TV and all of a sudden it's like, you know, encouraging us to go to games and create this atmosphere which is actually putting, helping to put value on these games. So guys, I'm just going to hand it over to you. I mean, your thoughts when you heard about this TV deal and just any, any, any thoughts at all, Laney? It's a bad deal, you know. Britain, Britain voted... We wanted our money and our sovereignty and, and we wanted that back. Oh, no, sorry, the other deal. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I'm getting confused with the deals. Deals. Um, deal or no deal? Deal or no deal. No, um, I, th- I think there's, there's lots of things going on here. There's obviously a bit of a power struggle between the bigger clubs or the so-called bigger clubs in the division who um, are clearly unhappy. They probably speak to each other a lot and they obviously are still smarting from the fact that they're not in the Premier Premiership anymore, Premier League anymore, um, and for them, it's all about securing a, as much TV revenue um, as, as they as they can achieve. You know, we we've just you know seen that um, the Sky deal um, in the for the for the Premiership is like nine, it's almost ten million pounds a game that they're paying. Um, so they, 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 it's a tenth of that. You know. Sorry, and what is the total deal, just for people to know what the Sky deal is in total? It's, it, the, the Sky deal in total is about £5 billion with all the extras, with uh, the Sky, 
um, with BT um, and with Amazon. The, 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 the combination of that is five million. So it's the TV deal for for the Premier League is five billion, which which is taken which which is joined together by a number of different television companies or broadcast yeah, companies. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's three parties really involved in that. Plus, there's obviously extras in you know for radio and for for online as well with you know and, and the international money that comes in from that as well. So international is on top of that as well. So they might I don't know maybe get another two billion on top of yeah, that for the international we, maybe. We don't, you know obviously when you know you. you the, People that listen to this would have had experience, I'm sure, in the past of you know finding you know dodgy feeds on online, and you and you find you know all these um, the Emirates countries and the, you know the Chinese the Chinese companies and the Japanese and the Americans they all they all bid for packages on on top of, on top of all of that. So you know it's a cash cow, it's a huge cash cow, and you can understand if you're relegated out of the top flight into the championship, you can understand it is a massive it's a massive deal you know you, you're obviously you're compensated in some small way with a parachute payment but it, it, it doesn't compare so um, you you can kind of understand why why um, you know an Aston Villa will really be really really hurting and but that's football you know there, there, you're, there is no there's no divine right to stay in the top flight and you know if you look at the amount of clubs up and down the football league that have played in the Premier League it's a, it's a, it's a huge amount um, you know from the Oldhams and the Burnleys and the Barnsleys and you know there's, there's loads Blackpools a lot of it's football cyclical and there's no there's no sort of like lockdown button once you're in it you can't press the button and the trap door comes up and, and, and you're stuck there forever so you know it's these deals need to be made for the for the betterment of the game as a whole and it, it does stick in my craw somewhat that some clubs believe that they are more worthy than others of securing a good future it's interesting as well because if you speak to and you see the statements from the clubs they're saying actually we, we, we haven't got a gripe with the broadcaster because at the end of the day the broadcaster will do a deal, whatever deal that they can best deal that they can get they seem to have a gripe with the negotiating process and the process doesn't seem to have gone as either it hasn't gone according to plan or the negotiating process has gone without um, without communication or without the, 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 a level of communication that the clubs would have felt would have been right. So it seems like there's a lot that has been going on that they didn't know about and that's the reason why they seem to be griping about this. And also... Just Lane is interesting because we're talking about the level of the deal because I know fans talk about now TV may ruin money, football, but at the end of the day, it's good for football. Um, if, if TV's going to be shown, football's going to be shown on TV, there's, there's an argument to say, you know, technically, yeah, get as much money as you can do because that, if, if, if a club's, if they've got as much, if, if, if a TV company's got loads of money and they give it to you, technically it's also about how the club wants to spend that money as well because that actually could be good for fans. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really facetious, going to be really facetious. Say, for example, they, they got the, 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 the EFL got a deal where they got, they got £5 billion. And they came into the clubs, they thought, cool, this is brilliant, because we were only expecting to get £600 million, and we got £5 billion. And every club said, tell you what, because of that now, we're going to charge everyone £5 to get in, because we want our stadiums full, we want them buzzing, and it's going to be great. The fans will go, wow, this is great, because TV is actually... This TV situation has made my football's experience better. I could spend a bit more on the pub now. You know, or I could spend a little bit more going to away games or everything like that. So this is where the, the filter down factor comes, and all of a sudden is that the clubs are using this money to make, you know, to 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 to, to appease them and to work with their audiences. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, in a way, you sort of turn around and you say, 
yes, it is the best thing to get the best deal possible. So, you know, so, so that, 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 yeah, that's important, ain't it? Yeah, and it's also important. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really loath to, to defend Sky. You know, I, I think they are guilty of, of lots of things, you know, and messing around um, with, the, with the kickoff times and, you know, putting fans, um, you know, considerations of travelling to the, to, the, you know, to the back of their minds when they, when they switch fixtures is, is one of the biggest gripes. But without Sky, without putting their, their billions and billions and billions in it, they're not getting it for cheap. You know, any anywhere up in any division, they they are paying a lot of money for, for football. Um, and, and if you if you stripped out their money, I mean, you know, it is a chicken and egg thing. You could say without their money, football wouldn't have wouldn't have got as greedy. But you know, you're right, Bill. It's how the clubs spend their money. The fact is, it all goes to the players, pretty much. Is is a different argument, but. I don't think Sky are selling the game short. I think maybe it is those, those governing bodies that aren't insisting that that money is either spent well, it's, it's on, a, on the grassroots or helping helping the people that make football great. Well, it's again, it's, a, it is about, it's all about negotiation. Somebody can give you some money, but you, you can actually refuse it. I know, and I know, again, that's being facetious, but in a way, you can say, okay, this is great, but this is what we want to do with the money. And I know a lot of people, you know, in the industry goes, oh, look at you, you think, it, you know, rose-tinted glasses, it doesn't quite work like that. But, you know, when you're dealing with that, Sky and the TV companies, they want content. So you should be able to go out and thrash out a deal. Now, if you, you have to realise also as a TV company, as a, a, a club, your, your, your clients, the people that are just, they're not just the TV companies and the broadcast companies and the, and the sponsors and everyone out there. You also have got fans and the, you've got to listen to what the fans are saying. And if you've got every time fans are moaning about particular things, if you are a, a retail company, right, who was on a knife edge knowing that somebody's going to switch brand from one to the next, you would listen to those people and say, we need to listen to this. What can we do? I'll tell you, if you're an event, you're a, you're a festival, right? And your fans were saying the toilets are really shit, I've got no Wi-Fi, the clothes are really dirty, the queues are really terrible, the security is really awful. You've got all these things. You can either just ignore them, carry on doing what you're doing, or you listen to your customers and think, tell you something, right? If we're not careful, that festival next door is going to, they're going to take us over. So next minute they get themselves, you know, half a million pounds worth of sponsorship or a million pounds of sponsorship what they've done is that they've put in the security they've got somebody else in to do the wi-fi stuff and like that they're giving people all the, the benefits that they would like to have and they're thinking all of a sudden tell you something they're listening to me they're right they've invested their money in this event which makes me have a good time and a better time i'm not moaning anymore this is really great i'm going to ring up my mates to come next year which is going to be really brilliant that is technically how it works i don't understand how football doesn't really operate like that it takes the money and it it doesn't invest enough in the people that are so important to the sports sav well that's basically because of the tribal loyalty that we have to our team isn't it uh but i mean what, what i found with the the sky deal that my, my first impression was oh my god they got a 35 percent increase that's fantastic and uh, then you look at it further and you, you, you realise that you know, the clubs are saying, well, we had a better deal to start with 15 months ago. You know, we had a better deal. We had uh, slightly more money and we had fewer games. So, so you can see why, why there's a little sort of, you know, uh, a bit of a revolution going on, a bit of uh, hold on, this isn't good. But for me, the really important thing is the discrepancy between what the Premier League are getting, which, as Dave said, is about uh, sort of nine to ten million per game. And what the uh, the new EFL deal is, which is about seven hundred and twenty thousand per game, so there's a, there's a sort of difference of like twelve times 
So uh, that, that's quite a lot. And that, that's the jump to get from one, to, one league to the other is so enormous. The people are going to, to, to try, obviously, you know, you know, they're going to spend loads of money. They're going to bankrupt themselves if they're not careful to get there. And, but what annoys me just as much is how the deal in the AFL is structured and the fact that the championship gets 80% of it. League one gets 12% and League 2 gets 8%. So what we're doing is exactly the same thing between the Championship and League 1. There's a you know, sort of 10 times difference between the two figures. So it's, it's everyone striving to get further up and further up and with the possibility of bankrupting themselves. And this is just like just making the whole of football really difficult. And so what it means for us fans is that the clubs will not reduce the, the prices to get in because that is the little bit extra that they can get. So you lead to get... No, 30,000 a week or Wednesday or whoever who get the big crowds the more they can charge those big crowds then the more money they've got to actually get into the position where they can actually compete and get into the next division up and reap the rewards and that's happening all the way down now and it's just becoming a real problem I think and I'm going to bring Laney in in a minute but just quickly because you talked about the 80 20 uh, 80 12 8 which basically means that the championship gets 80% of the money the Division 1 gets 12% of the money and Division 2 gets 8% of the money. Uh, and the question was, uh, we talked to a few of our sources out there to try and find out how this is working because we're trying to find out if the gripe, the gripe that was out there between these clubs, was it about the actual money itself, the 600 million, was it about the distribution of the money in the fact that, you know, these, these inverted commas, smaller clubs, clubs in lower divisions, get a percentage of the money that's coming in and they wanted to keep a larger percentage. From what I can gather, it's like there's no club out there saying, oh no, we want to redistribute the money. However, speaking to a couple of journals that I've had, actually, there have been behind the closed door chats about certain clubs and we've seen it in the newspaper um, Leeds United I think probably Aston Villa who believe that there should be a bigger distribution they should be getting a bigger distribution of the money that comes in which means that the smaller clubs as like Accrington Stanley you can go and just fight, fight fight your own corner mate because we're Leeds United we need to have all this money ourselves from what I can gather and again allegedly um, this is this is what this is what we heard the situation which which is causing a, a, a few a few issues out there as well because like I said there's a, a number of complicated issues in this TV deal and a number of different sort of fights that are happening. But I think the, the problem see, clearly seems to be that the, the, the Premier deal is just so bloated and, and colossal that when you compare anything to that it, it, seems, it seems like tiny but okay I mean, I'll ask you a question. We're gonna if that's if they were the figures, Brentford versus Middlesbrough Saturday evening. Sky is going to pay seven hundred, no, three quarters of a million pounds to show that. I don't. I, I think that's a fair a fair amount of money for, to, to show that game. Personally, you know, if, uh, three quarters of a million quid to show that. Um, and then if you're looking at the way the pies divvied up, eighty twelve eight. Well, you, you, you surely you you, have, you can't have the bare ass cheek to go and ask for more than eighty percent for one for the for the top division. And you know, I just think you know you've got to be fair and real about this. And you know, it, it just doesn't. I, it, at no stage, you know, in terms of the divvying up the pie, does it make sense? Or maybe I've got a smaller club mentality in my head still because you know, all my years we would have been struggling with the the twelve percent or the eight percent. 
you know, and, and it shows you the, you know, how we how we survived um, under those circumstances. It, it, it makes it even more impressive, to be honest with you. But um, you know, to, to get to get less than to get less than. 20% of a pie for the bottom two divisions I, I, I think we're, we will see famous proud old clubs go to the wall and we, we, can't, we can't be advocating that ever Not at all, and there's also was a little bit of confusion out there, like I said to you I was just trying to, trying to because again various newspaper reports you know and you see you know they, they splash the headlines out there and you sort of think Ooh, take a little step back but um, obviously Cliff Crown who's uh, the Brentford chairman has been involved in the negotiation process he's um, on the board of the football of the EFL and also he's Brentford chairman so um, there was a bit of confusion out there because it sort of said I saw once where it said Brentford were not happy with the deal you know what I'm saying but then on another hand I thought you know Brentford signed the deal and it was but this doesn't really make sense. Now, like I said to you, we're trying to trying to dig around, trying to find out, and I started to do a little bit of research online and stuff like that. And what I realised is that, like I said to you, Cliff is chairman of the EFL. So, um, so sorry, not sorry, chairman, he's on the board of the EFL. So I suppose, as they sit down as the board, they sit down and um, if a deal's been put before them, eventually they have, they're, they're either going to reject it or they're going to, to, to put it forward. You know, so that's what they do because they're, they're on the board of the EFL. It's almost like a bit of a sort of conflict of interest, but at the same time, he's also director of Brentford Football Club. So as the director of, or, or chairman of Brentford Football Club, he might not be happy with the deal, but then as the of being on the board, he may have to sign the deal off because he's, he's on the board. So it's a bit, a, bit, a bit of a weird sort of kind of situation to be in. You know, and I'm, and I'm just thinking, reading in between the lines, when the fact that they said that Brentford weren't happy with the deal, I could only imagine that they, you know, them like all the other clubs are thinking, you know, okay, this is the deal, which is cool. What, are there any other deals out there? You know, what what, what deal is it going to be? But he, but they they end up signing off with the Sav. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of cabinet responsibility. Whereas if the cabinet as a whole decide, or in this case the EFL board decide that this is the deal for them then anybody who voted against it has to has to go along with it. So, you know, in public, they have to say, yes, we support this as, as, a, as a board, as an organisation, we support this. But, I mean, what I've heard from the EFL is that there was no other deal available. This was the deal, and at 35%, as I said it's twice now already, 35% more than the last deal, it's got to be... You know, it's reasonable and it's, it sounds good. And you know, why 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 are people so against it? I mean, obviously there are reasons why people are against it. But uh, I think what. But just at that point, you said there's no other deal in place. I mean, surely if you're going for a bidding process, normally you have two or three or four other options that so you can actually kind of measure where you're at, don't you? Uh, only if people are willing to go for it. I mean, I I was actually uh, thinking about this quite quite interesting I was thinking Sky have got uh, they, they, they get their subscriptions basically from the Premier League okay so they've put 5 billion or whatever into the Premier League and they've got all their subscriptions so therefore what is the EFL worth to them in terms of extra so how many more more subscriptions are they going to get by getting the EFL it's, you know, it's not going to be anywhere near as the value that the Premier League is to them you know, they might, you know, a good EFL game might get just as many viewers as 
as a, as a Premier League game, you know, of, of two average teams. You know, you could easily see an Aston Villa versus Leeds getting more people viewing it than sort of Burnley versus Bournemouth. Uh, but in terms of how many more subscribers it would get in is another matter. So I can understand why to, to Sky it's worth uh, 10 times less. But why, you know, what is it worth to BT? I mean, everyone needs content. BT, I'm sure, would want content. But at what level you know, is the value of each game? Or you know, in terms of subscribers, getting the whole EFL for five years is worth to them. It's, it's a real tough tough thing to work out um, but the thing is if no one else is going for it and I don't know why because I would have thought the championship in particular is a really really good product well it is and I'm going to stop you there because just coming back to the La Liga La Liga which is the Italian league there's some people that argue that the, the championship gets more fans right it gets you know it gets much sorry the Spanish not La Liga but um, Serie A so yeah, there's an argument that, like I said to you, is that Syria, the, the championships gets more fans, more people watching that, those games than in Syria. Again, I'll have to go in and do the research, but I've heard quite a few people say it. Now, Syria did a deal with, actually, ironically, it was Sky and Perform. Perform, if you don't, is another media company out there that put, spend a lot of money in, in grabbing content, pulling content out. So Sky and Perform together put together a deal, and they grabbed the most, almost of the Syria um, deal, and they paid just under 1 billion euros, I think it is, a year. I'm not sure if it was a three-year deal or so, but if it was a three-year deal, it would be 3 billion euros. So you've got a league which, okay, they've got these really, really big stars, but in principle, people are saying it's bigger than you know the championship in terms of crowds and audience, and potentially if you actually really market the championship and take it to another level, people could say, this is a really fantastic league. Who has got a billion euros a year, right? So 3 billion, and, and we've got a league that has been given, what's it, £120,000. So, you know, billion, call it a billion pound a year as opposed to £120,000 a year. And maybe you could see that, that when that's thrown into the pot, there's a bit of griping going on because the other thing you have to remember is that if if more money is given to the all the teams will get more money at the moment, you know what I'm saying? So if we got twice as much money, Brentford get twice as much money, and Accrington get twice as much money, and Bristol Rovers get twice, twice as much money, you know, and, and that, that benefits everybody. So you can see there'll be a gripe if they're thinking, hmm, we didn't quite get what we expected we, we, we should do. I think um, the next few weeks are going to be really interesting. I, I, you know, obviously you've got the numbers, you've got the length of the deal, you've got the big clubs flexing their muscles, saying they deserve more, they deserve better. Um, maybe the beef that they've got is with Sean Harvey, the chief executive. Maybe, maybe that's where the magnifying glass is going to switch to. Maybe they don't think he's he's negotiated this particularly well. You know, you're looking at looking at Harvey's background. He did nine years as chief executive at Leeds United. He more than anyone else would be aware of what the Leeds Uniteds want out of this deal. Um, maybe the the bigger the so-called bigger clubs aren't happy with the makeup of the championship representative. So you've got, obviously, you've got Sean Harvey as chief executive of the EFL. Um, Cliff Crown is a championship director, obviously Brentford chairman. Um, Mark Ashton, who's Bristol City um, chairman, um, he's on the, the championship board as well. And you've got Nigel Howe um, from Reading. Um, so Reading, Bristol City, Brentford, and then the CEO or the chief executive of, of, of Sean Harvey maybe yeah 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 and then you've got Walsall um, yeah the, 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 the others are um, Stephen Gamble from Walsall 
Jim Robwell from Scunthorpe and um, John Nixon from Carlisle United. Maybe, maybe the bigger clubs thinking, who, who, are, who are this lot? telling us or advising us and maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem but, but to be fair the board you know you you do vote a board on you know what i'm saying that's that's part oh, of the oh, oh, oh yeah i know that yeah absolutely but when things don't go your way as we're seeing lots of lot, all over the place at the moment you kind of blame everyone else apart from yourselves yeah i mean you know of course you know these these roles are on rotation you get voted on you do your stint you come off maybe next time it'll be a you know Maybe Derby County didn't go for it because they didn't think they they'd be wanted to be on the EFL ball because they wanted to be in the Premiership. So I don't know. You know, it's careful what you vote for. Yeah, I think I think the EFL is structured in a way that you get three from the Championship and two from League One and uh, three from League One and two. So it is kind of balanced uh, in that way. So maybe maybe the Championship uh, big clubs want more of a voice on the board as well. So I, I, I can understand why they might want that. Yeah, so I mean, like I said to you, is lots and a lot at the moment now. And as like I said to you, as, you, as we even we're sitting inside the pub here, we've got a couple of pints. I'm still drinking my pride air and pints pride all round. Like I'm saying, um, a lot of pontification. We could see how this is um, how this is starting to, to start to unravel. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it t- looks like it's turning out to be a little bit of a war, as they said. You know, a lot. Of, I think sort of the words are something like this hasn't finished yet. The, the reason why the question mark I put on this is because obviously there was talk of a breakaway, which I'm sort of thinking that's a little bit selfish. What you're going to go and break away and do your own thing because you, that, that doesn't quite work out. But the question I ask is that hold on a second, but the deal signed. So if the deal signed for the next five years, what can anybody do? They can't like undo the deal. What? What? what they're going to go on strike? But they, you know, they, but they're signed to the terms of you know, because they're part of the football league and the football league has represented them. Surely they're legally obliged to do that. So you have, don't you have a referendum? Yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe have another one, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, there is, there is one thing they can do, because it's the EFL that signed it. So if the big clubs uh, uh, sort of remove themselves from the EFL and set up their own uh, league, then they wouldn't actually be responsible for that uh, deal anymore. So they could then strike their own deal. But that is worst-case scenario, that is... Yeah, which is, okay, so let's just say, okay, let's say that happened tomorrow. So all of a sudden, Derby, West Brom, you know, Aston Villa, you know, 10, 9, 10 teams, they went off and they, 15 teams, because that's what was in the, you know, went off and set up their own league, right? So what will happen then? So where would they get promoted to afterwards? Well, that, that, that's the issue. They would, if, if you were ever to leave, like the way the Premier League left, the uh, Football League, you have to strike those deals before you leave. You have to say, if we set up this new division, would we be allowed to be promoted into the Premier League? The Premier League would have to say yes. And would we be able to go to be demoted into the EFL? And the EFL would have to say yes. So, or, or the EFL might say no, and the Premier League say yes. And they might still think, yeah, OK, that's good enough. We'll do that. So, uh, but you have to strike those deals first. Premier League, when they actually left, they did it. They did it in the correct way, even though I disagreed with the fact that they created the Premier League. They did it in the correct way. They set everything up first, and then they moved. But we're talking about TV money here, and, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Sky seemed to be the only party that actually bid for this TV money, and they gave them a certain amount of money, whether or not it should be less or more. If they break, I mean, who's going to say that, you know, if they broke away, anyone else is going to be interested in giving them money or, or more because at the end of the day it's all about more money you know 
Well, the, the only thing on offer to any breakaway league extra would be the 20% of the current deal that goes down to uh, League One and League Two. Now, I'm sure they'd love to snaffle that up, but it doesn't seem that amount of money doesn't seem anything like worth the, what they'd be going through to actually set up a new league. I mean, okay, I know I've had a, a couple of little kind of um, six-form Brexit analogies during the last half an hour or so, but there, there is, there is, there is a clear, uh, there is a clear similarity at the moment between um, the unknown of, of of leaving something that is, you know, established and staying with something that may not be perfect, but it, it can always hopefully be bettered in the future and that's this is what the any talk of a breakaway from the football league it kind of does buy into that mindset a little bit and you know if you if you were the 15 most you know the 15 strongest or um, technically biggest supported clubs outside of the top flight you could say let's have let's have belief in one another let's break away from the from from the, the football league and go it alone it'll be all right you know we we are big enough to secure um, a big deal for TV rights sky will not ignore us we will be able to negotiate our own trade deals um, independently of the football league yeah yeah you, you, you cannot you can argue that I mean I, I, I could I can see the logic in that happening but it only works in a in a promotion relegation. Um, you do need you do need fr- fresh blood coming through. Otherwise, what happens is you just wither and die. Um, so, well, second, but do you? I mean, in America, they don't have promotion and relegation. You know, I'm not, I'm, and I'm just being devil's advocate here. Yeah, Amer- Americans Americans are, are, are very different beasts to us. They're they're used to that situation. Our every everything we have is about underdog championing the underdog and giving you know like whether it's the FA Cup and giving you know it's it's, it's all about seeing seeing like unexpected results and, and and progression through the ranks and you know some some of the best some of the best stories and best examples you know like Bournemouth going from the bottom to the top you know Watford going from the bottom to the top Nottingham Forest getting promoted as champions in League Two then winning league the top flight the next year and going on you know this is all part of football. You can't you can't cut it adrift. Now, football's still very very young. You know, it's only 125 years old as a as a you know as a as, a, as an organised league. So you know you, you you can't you know it's going to be going on for three, four, five hundred years. You know you can't you can't just stop it now. You know so so but you, you do you do have to you do have to pay um, you do have to pay attention to the big clubs being disgruntled, but. You need to. We. You need to do what's best for football as a whole, not for 15 clubs. This moment in time. I think what you said is absolutely right, but you have to look at how that is just as valid for the Premier League. So the Premier League need new blood. And they're not going to want it from League One. So if a, if a, uh, if, if it, you know, an EFL Championship uh, breakaway did happen. Uh, the Premier League would want the, their new blood from them, be from their big established teams, uh, and you know, and I could see, I could see that happening. As, as Brentford fans as well, though, we're we're in a bit of a weird um, predicament at the moment because five years ago, then obviously we'll be fighting tooth and nail, no breakaway, of course, no breakaway. We, we're not going to be in it, 
but at the moment we probably would be in it you know we, we wouldn't be technically the f- one of the 15 biggest clubs outside of the outside of the prem in terms of our turnover our gates or whatever but we have got a new stadium and we are seen as the, one of the most progressive you know most attractive best best football insides outside the top flight you know our results may not be brilliant at the moment but you know we, we've 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 won that battle of hearts and minds and people do know we're, we're we're a very different club to the one we were 10 years ago so with a new stadium with with um the players that we've got with the style of football we've got i i, I think they would want us in that you know I, I i wouldn't vote for it but you know that's why i'm saying you know it's, it's really difficult for us and and it must be difficult for cliff crown i'm not i'm not defending him Someone that said money is not our god, voting for more money does does seem a little bit ironic. But um, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that as Brentford fans we shouldn't be worried about that we're going to be excluded from. But I don't think ethically um, and morally we will be very comfortable if it were, were to happen. And also, and I'm just going to finish off on this note here as well. And also looking at the big term, it, it may be good for you. Got also think about things may be good for you personally in the short term but for, 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 for the situation as a whole for the game as a whole you know what I'm saying it's alright when you're doing alright at the time and like when we use the American situation they keep it very tight there's a smaller number of teams and they sort of kind of the money goes around in circles and some of them do very well but it's, it's all but for us if football is going to be the sport that we know it's got to be we've got to be We've got to look at the sport as a whole and not be so self-centred. And our business model is about picking up great players from the lower league still. You know, we can't pick up an Ollie Watkins from Exeter if Exeter have gone bust. We can't pick up a Romain Sawyers from Walsall if Walsall have gone bust. We can't we can't pick up for Scott Hogan from, from Rochdale if Rochdale have gone bust. So, you know, it only works if it only works for us if if, if the lower leagues are healthy and they're they're producing talent if if if, if our if our the pool of talent is shrinking then you know we, we're going to wither as well so just coming back to this just quickly guys just one quick little note where do you see it goes from here how can this be sorted Laney uh, I don't see I don't see a revolution happening this TV deal um, I think there's a you know I, I think maybe next time round we'll see a big big change um, you know, 20, 2024 does seem a long time away. You know, thinking we're a, almost a quarter of a century into the new millennium scares me a bit. But um, I think next time round, we'll see a very, very different um, outcome. Huge, you know, a lot more money, a lot more gains. But this time, I think there's a lot of people going to be jumping up and down. I can't, I can't see the breakaway happening at the moment. I think with a 35% increase on the last deal. I think that's going to dissipate a lot of anger. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are rumblings from the big clubs, but I can't see anything happening this time. I think the, the, there was clearly some kind of thing going on with what you mentioned earlier about the iFollow, about the streaming service. Uh, so a club like um, Leeds with a big fan base could potentially make a lot more money out of the streaming service. So I suspect that they'll, they'll, they'll be looking at just making more money where they can and seeing this deal out. And after that, something, something big might happen. OK, so listen, this was going to go on and on. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next weeks. But as we say, we've been talking about Sky, we've been talking about TV. We've got a game on Sky on Saturday against Borough. We're going to be talking about that right after this, Twain. Five.
from the hive. Borough. Hi, this is Andy Rubble from Middlesbrough. Been a fan of the club since the late 70s when my dad decided he wanted to punish me every Saturday. Currently I'm a home season ticket holder, but I do try to get as many away games as my job and my salary will let me. Borough have been flying high this season. Are you happy with things so far? Personally, I'm happy with where the season's going. We're second in the league. We're up there with the front runners. We're winning. On the field, we look a lot fitter than we have done in previous years, thanks to the boot camp we took them on. We look disciplined. We look solid. We look organised. We've got the belief there that uh, if we go go behind, we're going to get it back and get something from the game. And if we take the lead in the game, that we're going to hold on to it and get a win. Brentford manager Thomas Frank described Tony Poulis in his press conference as one of the greatest managers in the UK. I still remember buying a Karanka beer in the Twisted Lip pub in Borough. Do you think they'll be selling Pulis Pale Ale? I'm really happy with Tony Pulis as a manager. Start of last season when we got Gary Monk, the manager I wanted us to bring in was Neil Warnock. And both Pulis and Warnock work in the same ways. But I do understand that Pulis Pale Ale is an acquired taste and not for everyone. We do play conservative and he does annoy some of our fans. But the Championship's a tough league, it's a long season and he's decided at this moment in time he wants us to play it safe. It's working, we're second. And there are some myths about the way he does play. Yes, he likes his set pieces, but it's not all long ball and set pieces. Uh, we do try to play it on the ground, we do try to play it through midfield, we do try to get it out wide and we do try to knock the ball around a bit. And also he's bringing through some great youngsters at the club. Developed Adama Traore last season and we sold Adama for a fortune in the summer. Dale Fry's coming at the back and he's doing great. He just looks like he's been playing there for years. Marcus Tavernier and Lewis Wing. A couple of young lads that are just on the verge of the first team now. So he's sure he's not going to stifle our youth development and he's actually going to try and embrace it. Pulis likes a bit of defence. But you seem to be struggling with attack. How can you do with such powerful strikers as Asomba Longa, Estead and Bamford? I think our team really is a typical Pulis team. We built from the back. Our keeper is solid. Randolph has been an absolute bargain for West Ham. The back four, whoever's played there, has always fitted in. They've always worked on their relationships with each other. Danny, uh, Danny Bart has been a brilliant acquisition from Wolves. Um, he's keeping Danny Ayala out of the team. Dale Fry has been fantastic on the right back covering for, for Ryan Shotton, who's unfortunately got injured. Just ahead of them, you've got Adam Clayton, who try, tends to anchor that, anchor that defence together. And his job really is to stifle any attacks uh, and to leave it to the rest of the midfield to, do, to actually do the creativity. That's really where we run into a bit of a problem in the fact that we haven't had that creativity going forward. Positives from the last couple of weeks was Jordan Hugel. He's improved greatly. One, because he's learned to stay on his feet. And when he does that, he actually manages to hold the ball up and bring in, a few, bring in the few midfielders. And then he's relying on the likes of Downing and Braithwaite and number 10 to get the ball and to, and to take the move forward. With that in mind, I personally would like to see Lewis Wing come into the team. You know, Lewis is a young lad, but he's always looking forward. He's always looking to create. He's very good on set pieces. And he seems to fit very, very well when he comes into the team. And I think that's where that's where we're lacking going forward and looking at January in the fact that we need a creative midfielder. Wing is that midfielder we could save as a fortune and we need some width as well just to give us some variation in the way we go about our attacks. Borough have a brilliant record against the Bees. We haven't beaten you for about 150 years. Even when you play badly, you seem to nick a point or three. 
Do you think your luck is due to run out soon? I think it is very possible that our luck runs out. Um, the games between Brentford and Borough seem to have followed the same pattern. Up at the Riverside, it seems to have been that Brentford have played good football, put on a good show in, but we have, ultimately we've been too strong. The exception was last season where we were probably flattered with a 2-2 draw. Down at Griffin Park, it's been a different story. Brentford have been very attacking, very dominating, and we've managed to nick a win and a draw on the last few visits, where probably Brentford deserved more than they actually got on those occasions. As for off the field, well, it's just the best away game in football for me. It's so welcoming down here. There's always good banter before and after in the pubs. Um, it's an old school away ground, so you always get a great atmosphere inside the stadium as well. Saturday is a big match. We need to get back on track and get a win for our technical director, Rob Rowan, who sadly died last week. You need a win to keep up with the front runners. How's this one going to pan out? Give us a score prediction. I do think it's a very tough game. If I'm honest, I'd prefer to have played you before the international break, as you just seem to be a bit jaded and disjointed as, as, as a unit. But you've had this two-week break to regroup as, uh, you know, as, as a squad, and with the tragic death of the technical director, it's given the players an extra impetus to win on Saturday. I honestly think the game will be the same as we've seen before. I think what you'll find is Brentford being dominating, looking to attack at every opportunity, and we'll be there trying to defend, trying to stifle, trying to steal a 1-0 win. The only thing that might change that is the fact we play after the leaders. So if everyone else has won, we may have to be a little bit more aggressive and more adventurous ourselves, rather than trying, rather than trying um, just, just to see the game through. I think in order to try and get something out of the game, we have to keep Morpay and Watkins quiet, and we have to win the midfield. If we can stay, we can stop the service, then we've got a great chance of winning. In saying that, I am going to sit on the fence on this one, and I'm going to go for one-one draw. See you Saturday, guys. So interesting views there from Borough. Hmm, I'm just wondering, you know, this is the sixth, seventh. Is it about the eighth time we've played them? Seventh, eighth time? I don't even know, but something like that. And we still haven't beaten Borough as yet. We played them twice last season, six times a season, two, four, six, seven, eight. It's about the eighth time, I think it is. Yeah, it'll be the ninth time I think we played them. Um, what's the score? Will uh, things change? They've got Poulis, and Poulis does not like letting in goals. His team are pretty. I mean, we thought Karanka was bad, but Poulis, mate. And also at the beginning of the season, remember, you know, they were letting it, there was, they weren't letting in goals, but they were struggling to score as well. And it seems to be their problem, like, you know. So is this a situation where Brentford need to get on the front foot and just basically go at them? Because if we get the goal, it's going to make it a completely different game. Sav? Yeah, I mean, listen, listening to the, uh, the Borough fella, it did seem that they're going to be very defensive, very difficult to break down. Uh, and I presume that they do that more away from home, so they'll be playing away from home. And uh, uh, but they're, it, was, it was kind of quite negative about their forward line. And I'm thinking, hold on, Hugh Gill, Sombalonga, and Gusted, and that's a bad forward line, is it? That's like you know, 35, 40 million pounds worth of forward line. So, uh, so, but if it's not working for them, it's not working. Or if they're playing in a more sort of you know defensive manner, uh, then you know that's what we need to do. We need to get the ball. Go at them, use the wings, uh, use malpated to disrupt their uh, centre halves, and hopefully we can get something. I mean, at home we've we've not played badly this season. 
we've won lots of games at home and when we haven't we still played well so it's just a matter of, of going at them and uh, you know sort of knocking them off their stride and, yeah we, we, no reason why we can't do it Borough have been up there for you know a, a big part of the season um, you know I always say this when I see these teams I mean my argument I mean I've sort of said that I think that you know first of all I'll say I love Borough I love as we know we always love going up to Borough we love playing Borough the Borough fans we get on really well with them and it's the first game that we ticked off we booked our hotel already for the Borough match as well both nights looking forward to going up there when they come down there obviously that's going to have a good time obviously we want to now beat them on the pitch Borough I really do think they're beatable. Last season, we should have beaten them when we went up there and we were really unlucky. They're all right, but I don't think they are unbeatable. I think that they really are beatable. And we it's about time. We've had a lot of bad luck recently and it's almost like we need all our kind of eggs to line up at the same time and the ducks to sort of fly above them or whatever they say. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a bit bored with Borough. Um, yeah, I, I, I do hear what you say. Yeah, we do we do get on well with them. We do love our trips up there um, because it's really social and the, the pubs are great. I'd actually swap that for not really liking them very much and having a really crap trip up to Borough for a couple of wins now, to be honest with you. Um, we, we, we owe them. Um, I'm bored of being plucky, under, plucky losers against Borough. I think it's about time we just kind of... Maybe, maybe parked the, uh, the friendships and the niceties for one day and just got on with doing them, doing a job on Borough for a change. But, but I mean, we can't do that. That's the team was going to do that. Yeah, we, can, no, no, no. we can have a good drink, but the team needs to go and smash them up and then we can have a, a bigger drink after the game. Yeah, no, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, it's out of, it's, that bit's out of our hands. But what I'm saying is, if, it's, if there was a magic wand and I could sw- I, if I could swap that for one day, I would. You know, I'm not, it's, not, it's, it's nothing, you know, we'll carry on getting, being really friendly with them and we'll carry on having a great day regardless because that's what we do. But if I, had, if I was offered the choice of having a moody day and a really crap trip up to Borough, but doing, doing them home and away, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably take that for one year. OK, so if you're anyone's out there and Laney's going around smashing the place up, he's just... You know, no, no. <laughs> no smashing the place up. I just said moody. It's like M- Mardi. <laughs> Lady the Rucker. They were saying it's all over. No, but anyway, now this is true. We know exactly what we're saying. Basically, what we're saying is that we actually want to. We want to find. We think it's finally time that we beat Borough. But also, which is interesting, if you speak to a lot of the Borough fans, they're also saying actually, to be honest, it's probably going to be about about a time that we, you know we've beaten you so many times. You know, it's about time that you do us once. And I, I think that's fair enough. And maybe they should just give us the three points now and just be done with it. Come down, have a good drink. Give us the three points, and we'll be actually. Actually, we'll tell you something. If we were able to get the three points right now, like now, there's no game. Just get three. Would, would you? Would you take that? Of course, we would. It's three points. You can't get more than three points. So, of course, I take it now. But, but so, so there's no fun of watching the game and the oohs and the ahs. You just said there's three points. Would you? Would you? Would you take that? Uh, I, I would. I would at the moment because the, the run we're on. Yeah, definitely. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to the game, and I think we're, we're going to. I think, I think we're going to get back into form, but we're going to get back into form quite slowly. So I don't think, you know, I think we'll, we'll put a good, good performance. We may win, but I mean, personally, I'm going to go for a draw and may, maybe do something better against Sheffield United on Tuesday. I'll tell you, you why. It, it should be a cracking atmosphere. It's, you know, it's, it's a late kickoff. Um, a lot of people, probably us included, probably will get down to the pub at normal time anyway. So there'll be um, an, extra, an extra couple of pints. 
And if we can, if the team can get off to a good good start, then I, I think I think the, the crowd will get right behind them. You know, foot, football without a couple of beers inside you is uh, it's a bit bit a bit hollow sometimes. And I, I think I think Saturday all being well, this, I think Eden Road and Braemar and New Road should be rocking and. Give us, a, give us a goal, give us two early goals, and uh, you know we, we could be in for a, a, a proper, proper good night under the floodlights. For a proper good night, and, and like I said to you, obviously this last couple of weeks have been a very sad week. A um, couple of weeks for Brentford as well. Um, the, the, the sad passing of Rod Rowan, who's a good friend of ours, and, and, and also was a real servant for Brentford, and he really did, as you heard, the tributes are going out to him. He really. He really depicted what our club was about. He was a lovely bloke. The players loved him. The staff loved him. You know, everyone loved him because he was a really, really nice bloke. And it's a really, really sad moment for us. And I'll have to be honest, I know that he would love us to beat Borough. And if, you know, no pressure on the players or anything like that, but it would be just a lovely additional touch if they can go out there and get that win for Rob Rowan, who sets us back on the path that he wanted us to go on as well, which is all good. Um, I think, from what I hear as well, a lot of Rob's family, um, his, his friends and close family, are going to be at the game. Um, so yeah, so ho- hopefully, as you said, Bill, you know the, the, the players will. I'm sure they will be there. They're, they're going to go out and, and, and try and do it for Rob. And I know it's you know I'll, I'll certainly be raising my glass to him once again on Saturday. Indeed. So listen, just around the table here quickly. Score prediction, Laney. Three 0 Brentford. One uh, one Brentford. 1-0 Brentford it's a little moody moody win just for Laney it's getting all moody on the pitch and moody all over the place <laughs> listen this is besotted yeah, game's gone game's gone we'll be back with that later as well besotted pride of West London podcast check us out listen if you're listening as well besotted.com we're going to have a little pub guide and a little um, um, match preview as well on well, Friday morning actually when you listen to that so go and check that out you'll love that as well and also like I said uh, 21st of December Friday our end of season due we're going to announce the player in a couple of days time we're just going to make sure that we can actually put it up on the website and all this kind of stuff so bear with us but put it in your diary but other than that I'm really looking forward to Saturday's game Borough they're going to come down they're going to have a bit of a laugh we're going to be out all day we're going to make lots of noise when we get the stadium and fingers crossed we get that 1-0 win that I have talked about as we say go on you Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.